But yes, I'm really moved by motion, emotion. Um, as you say, imperfection, it's, I think that there is a beauty in imperfection. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for wedding craves, where we sit down often with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry so that you can learn from us and to help grow your wedding business. We are going to be chatting all about emotional imagery on today's episode with Eric René Pinoy. We chat to Eric about his upbringing, how that influenced his work, his inspiration in film and photography. Eric's website and SEO skills have always impressed Greg and I, so we are going to be asking him a few questions relating to that topic. So if that's something you struggle with, you're going to gain a lot of information from this episode, which is of course sponsored by With Jack, but I will get onto that a little bit later in the show. However, Greg, let's just start by talking about our drinks. What are we drinking? Uh, I'm drinking an Ethiopian coffee here. I've got, it's called Bazaar, and it's by Crosby Coffee. Pretty tasty. Ah, okay. Getting yeah, very, very good. Morning. What are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking, uh, again, I'm going to butcher this, uh, a Brazilian uh, cacuera by the Missing Bean. Um... We're talking sweet maple taste notes, some cherry, some vanilla, or at the moment I've got a block nose, so I can't really taste any of those, but that's what it says <laughs> on the packet. <laughs> but it's very nice. Uh, Eric, what are you drinking over there? Well, I'm not drinking coffee or tea. Um, I'm sorry for that. Even if I'm from France, you know, French people would say like usually like, oh yeah, I love coffee or I love to drink mm. this kind of thing or no, I'm not really drinking anything. Um, that's absolutely fine. Just milk, I would say, maybe, with my breakfast. And that's a little bit of orange juice. That's, that would be fine for me. Yeah, I think our last guest also didn't drink uh, coffee. So, so so don't worry about it. There's, there's no judgments here. No, no. I'm working just on adrenaline. I don't need my dose of, of you know caffeine <laughs> or anything. <laughs> I, I, yes. I, I'm just moving my different things. And I'm not a grumpy person. And I don't need my coffee to start the day. So, no. It's not, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool how you been buddy we haven't seen you in quite some time yeah it's been a very long time uh, yeah everything is fine here um like of course considering what's happening right now um yeah but yeah everything is fine uh, it's sunny today in portugal um I'm, i have a lot of work to do usually i would sleep around five six in the morning so i make like a special <laughs> effort for you today um, oh, thank you no thank that's you that's normal i had a good shower just to start the day and then after that yeah i was i was super happy to join you today uh, to talk uh, about everything you want to just to talk about so super happy yeah well we obviously really appreciate you uh joining us this morning and obviously more so because we've woken you up <laughs> uh <laughs> I was speaking to Greg the other day, and I don't think we've worked together. No, we never had actually a wedding together. I was uh, working a couple of times uh, with the second um, brand uh, you're having, mm-hmm. guys. Uh, but yeah. no, actually, we never worked together. Uh, I know you work obviously because you are the you know the best videographers in in all UK. Oh, um, stop it! You stop it! <laughs> but no, actually, yeah, it's it's quite a shame because I think we would be a good fit to work together. But you know, hmm. it, we never had that chance to do it. So maybe one day. I feel like I know you 
slightly better than most photographers just because I was I attended your workshop many years ago. Yes, that's true. I remember um, that. Oh, did you not remember that as well, Greg? No, I, for, I forgot that you went to one of Eric's. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was in Glasgow, I remember. It, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it was, yeah. It was, uh, what was the building you had in? Was it the Corinthian? Yes, anyway, I think it yeah. was. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I remember that very well because I was um, going, I went through a phase of learning photography just for family stuff and, and, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it was, it was really good fun. Yeah, uh, you yeah. gave a lot of yourself in your workshop, though a lot of yourself. Yeah, I don't, I don't hide anything. Uh, I no. don't think it's a good idea to to do a workshop and to hide anything. So I just talk from the heart and and say a lot about the vision and how to communicate to the clients. Um, yeah. So and I think it's just related a bit on my website. I hope so. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's just the way I am. You know, sometimes I have. a like I would say, a big mouth on social media. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes it's for the good, sometimes for the bad. I know that. Uh, but yeah, that's the way I am. Yes. How has how social media been treating you recently? Or, uh, or rather, how, how has this whole situation been treating you recently? Um, I mean, it's quite a mental crisis as well uh, for everybody just to talk on social media because you never know how your message can be taken by others. Um, yeah. So I try basically to avoid social media uh, and to bring like sometimes, like sometimes, obviously, like what I'm always think is the truth. But uh, I try to avoid like negative messages um, mm. because I don't think the like we don't really need it. The community doesn't need this kind of, of thing right now. Uh, so yeah. the same. I'm not selling anything. I'm not pushing on sales. I'm not talking about workshops. I'm not talking about anything because I don't think it's the right time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just what I think. I mean, maybe for, yeah. for someone else, that would be like something totally different and I totally respect that. So no, I mean, mm-hmm. social media, it's okay. Uh, I'm, right now I have other things to work on. So, and it takes me a lot of time. So yeah. All right, so Eric, one thing that we like to ask our guests, um, in your own words, who are you and what do you do? Okay, um, <laughs> in a few words. Um, so I'm originally from France for the north part. Um, I used to live in Scotland for seven years uh, because I met my ex-girlfriend in France and then she moved to Glasgow, so I met to join her. I always follow my heart, so that's why I moved to Scotland. That's probably why you understand my English is not the best. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm still working on it, but it's not always like the most accurate and the perfect English. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I just moved to Portugal about a year and a half ago. Um, I was kind of unhappy with the weather. <laughs> 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 and then I realized like, yeah, another winter is going to come in Scotland and I'm going to be very <laughs> depressed. So I was like, okay, let's, let's move to another place. I didn't really want to come back to France. Um, I'm not really crazy about the French mentality. I guess you can understand what I mean by this. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just choose to move to Portugal. I'm a called as a destination wedding photographer. Um, destination, I think, is a like, really, really strange word because it doesn't mean only you traveling to cover the wedding, but sometimes also the couple traveling to you to shoot a wedding. Uh, yeah. yeah. So destination is a bit of uh, 
kind of a strange word to me. Uh, I don't really like to uh, to use this word, but yes, for some photographers, would call me destination wedding photographer. Mm. Um, so I would say ninety percent of my business is me about traveling uh, to different places, uh, mostly in Europe um, for mm. visa purpose, um, and I don't want to make any any bad decisions and, and dangerous decisions for my couple, so I prefer to stay here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, after that, I don't know what to say. I mean, I've been lucky enough to make it for a living for the last uh, six years now. That's my sixth season. Um, everything is fine. Everything so far so good. <laughs> I've been really happy and, and, and lucky to meet like amazing people around the way and, uh, and to call some of them my friends. Um, and the community gave me a lot. So I think that's really important for me to also give to the community. Um, yeah, I mean, and a part of it, I was um, uh, Bodaif New Talent 2017. And I also won the Ranch Finder Rising Star uh, last year. Yes. Um, um, my style is more about, I would say, moody style, melancholic, romantic, uh, sensitive. I'm not mm. really a fearless photographer of fine, what we call fine art wedding photography business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a bit different, but I think it's relates really well on, on Scottish business and, and other kind of lights. But I tend to be a little bit different from others uh, by not only the style, but also the communication to the couples and, and basically put a lot, as you said, in, in about myself into my work. So mm-hmm. and happily, I can book 20 couples a year you can trust me and, and think like I'm a good fit for them. So that's the most important. Yeah. 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 It feels no, like cool, you've man. been around for longer than six years. Like I feel like I've known you for longer. Than yeah, you. Uh, that's true. I mean, I, I was in Scotland about eight years ago. Then I met uh, Mark Pakura and the Kitcheners on Gumtree at the time. So you can imagine it was a very long time ago. <laughs> yeah. well, I think it was about eight, eight years ago or something like that. Then I started to talk to them with my very bad English. Um, and then like we talked about business and everything. So we, they really, really pushed me to, on my limits, to just push a lot, a lot into my business and my presentation, my website, my editing, everything, because they are like, for me, they are the best photographers in UK, uh, from mm. what I know. And yes, it was really, really challenging. And then I passed full-time wedding photographer only in July, 2014. So it's not that long away, uh, yeah. not long ago. Yeah, that's really cool, man. I, w- I always used to say to people, um, or I still do, that Glasgow... In fact, Scotland has got such a host of amazing photographers. Yeah, very true. And I, I remember, I mean, obviously that is still the case, but I do remember when you left thinking, oh, that sentence has taken a little bit of a hit today. <laughs> I want, so I remember you talking a lot about your childhood. Because mm-hmm. um, I know these are quite big influences on your creative vision so do you want to tell us a little bit about your childhood? Yeah, if you want, of course. Um, as I said, I don't hide anything. So basically, I discovered not long ago, uh, I have a fields from autism and uh, Asperger's syndrome, uh, which doesn't really look like when you see me for the first time, I guess, because I'm, sh- I'm, I'm looking like very sure of myself, because basically I'm talking a lot about my vision into my work and talking about photography, it's, something I do for the last six years or more. So it's very easy for me to talk about it. Um, but yes, when I was a child, I was really, really shy, secret. 
into my own world. I was zoning all the time. Uh, but no, I know I can put a word on it. Uh, yes. So basically, I was born uh, in France, uh, not far away from Belgium. And for me, uh, my father was never a paternal figure. He was like very, very sick. He was drinking and smoking quite a lot. And I was more his nurse than his son. Uh, for me, he never taught me how to ride a bicycle, how to play football, which for me, when I see my friends, they were like telling me like they were like, experiencing this kind, this kind of behavior with uh, any relationship with their fathers. And for me, it was never really like that. But he always told me like, I have to be curious of the world. If, if I don't know something, I just need to open a, a dictionary or a book and, and then I would discover the world. And then I just relate on that and I just got the information from a guy I really admire when I was a child, which is named Cousteau, you know, the, the discover guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. The, the guy who invented a lot of different tools to discover the world and, and you know, going underwater and, and discovering the world with his friend. Um, so, yeah, for me, it was like a dream. Um, I never expected to be able to travel the world one day. Uh, of course, after that, I tried to to attend the same kind of studies to do the same, but I was not as <laughs> as clever enough. Um, so yeah, it was like a bit of a struggle to me uh, to be like really introvert and and not being able to communicate with other kids. Um, mm. I, I I just find them very boring. Um, <laughs> I didn't feel attached to anyone. I didn't mm-hmm. talk much, so it was really really tough. And then after that, I went to study to basically please my parents. I think it's, uh, you know, when you are a student you, or a teenager, you really want to make your parents proud. Um, yeah. So I pushed it a bit too much uh, on that. And then passing from being someone very, very shy to to the other side, basically it came because I was uh, basically passing uh, to be, coming to be a, a commercial. So that was really, a really good lesson to me. Mm-hmm. I was working as a customer service for a company named LaFnac, which is basically the same as Carrie's PC World. Uh, and then I was facing people having trouble for their TVs or computers and everything. So you are like very, very shy. And then one day you are like facing like angry people and trying to make it a better experience for them. So it was like the best, mm-hmm. best thing for me. Um, and then I was like kind of making like this fake character, this fake charisma, um, uh, because I have to go on the other way. Uh, so it was like all bet on being like really, really sure of myself because you cannot show like you are insecure and you are doubting yourself when you are in mm-hmm. front of a, of a couple or in front of a client and never, never left me. Um, so yeah. And, and basically discovering photography only about 10 years ago because I was selling cameras in the shop. I was like, okay, let's, let's try to bring, uh, to use this media, this medium basically to show more about you yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to do on my website and, and my, the way I shoot my other weddings. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I take it very personally. Uh, my website is always what I would call my heritage or my legacy. I really take uh, special care of my websites and because for me, it's not only about uh, what I want to show and sell. It's, it's also what I want to deliver uh, personally. So that's why I call my company Soul Mind Heart rather than only Eric René Benoit, which is just a name, basically. In your workshop, you mentioned that obviously you're, you're, you're very influenced by film. 
Yes. And I think that's quite cl- that is quite clear in your work. You use motion far more than any other photographer I've ever met. Your approach to your image is very um, like a like a cinematographer. You know, in the way that you um, use motion, use light, go for the emotional element of a scene, and that's what you really like. When I look at your images, they're they're not perfect, and I think you put a lot of effort in making their imperfections the thing that kind of sells your images you know so when Mm -hmm. i look at one of your images and if you if you take the first image on your website it's a couple and it's all kind of blurry and out of focus i don't i don't look at that and go it's out of focus you know it's i can't see the groom's face or i don't know what they're doing the the fact that it's blurry it's got imperfections you do look at it and you feel more when you when you start looking at your images but I want to know where did that where, where did that influence of of film come from? Like like what is that about films that you love so much? I mean, I, 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 as you think, it really really called it uh, into my work. It, I think um, if I can use this word, I'm kind of a frustrated videographer. I really believe that. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I tried to shoot a wedding in video. It, it was a nightmare. I did. I had the feeling like I'm, I was losing the the control of the tool, and it was really really frustrating to me. But yes, I'm really moved by motion, emotion. Um, as you say, imperfection. It's I think that there is a beauty in imperfection. Mm. Uh, also, because I don't really tend to have like the perfect framing and and to secure the shots. You know, some photographers will always shoot at f two point four, f two, just to make sure the subject is sharp enough to deliver that to the couple. Mm-hmm. I never really work on it. I always shoot at one point four. Um, and I don't really care if the couple is really sharp or not, because for me, it's not about the perfect shot. It's more about the sensitivity, like the sensitivity. I don't know if you can call it this way, um, but about yeah, a message. Um, and I think you can deliver these kind of emotions into imperfection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, it's kind of join. Uh, of course, I am moved by, by movies and everything, because for me, you can tell a story uh, with with movies, which is a bit harder with photography, but in terms of framing and imperfection, yes, definitely I can relate on that. I watch, I still watch like seven, eight, nine movies a day. Um, that's sometimes like big production, sometimes really, really small uh, production. It doesn't really matter to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can just, I, I'm not really, really focused on the movie. So, you know, I just put it on my video projector into mm-hmm. the darkness and I just do my editing at the same time on my on my sofa because my laptop is my workspace. Mm-hmm. I don't really need to have like an office or anything. Um, so yeah, as I said, I'm a very much a frustrated videographer. Maybe one day I will <laughs> pass to be a video film videographer. I don't have the knowledge of this uh, right now. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Maybe one day you will teach me. I remember you getting into your, your, your videoing. We did give you some, some helpful advice. I, 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 I wish I was. I wish I was smart enough to to deliver like beauty, like like you do in video. But I mean, I saw obviously your your evolution as well because your styling also changed through time. Yeah, uh, I, I can I can see of course the difference between before and and now. It's yeah. it's, it's quite impressive. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And, and we're I mean we're still very much a work in progress. You know. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah, I, I remember you mentioning. Sorry, going back to your childhood. I remember you mentioned that you didn't really. Um, like other kids, did, did you use um, 
like did you as many of us do do you use films as like escapism uh, I was more into video games uh, at the time oh really okay yeah yeah like Super Mario and, and Zelda and this kind of thing but I think yeah I was really really tend uh, to to watch a lot of movies maybe as much as I wanted when I was a child obviously because mm-hmm. my parents wouldn't allow me to do it but then when I went to university and I watch a lot, a lot of, the, of movies and I still play a lot of video games. So, you know, they, they really work on the narrative and, oh, yeah. and, and the storytelling, which of course, mm-hmm. like it's really helping me. And then of course, when I moved for the first time in Scotland, I always shot like, uh, I've already shot like a couple of weddings, but I was not really, really into understanding the way I was shooting. So if you can see like Simon, you probably remember, but mm-hmm. I, I shot like my first wedding. And there is some already some ingredients what I'm still using right now, like the narrative, the storytelling, the taking pictures of some details, and then to fit mm. the story with different kind of elements. Uh, I'm not into like portfolio, for example, into my website, because for me, a portfolio is only your best photos. Of mm. course, you may talk to some of the couples and that's totally fine, but I will rather them to prefer to work uh, and see a full story with like 120, 140 strong photos uh, to tell a story. So that's the way I work. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If people are understanding, uh, understand this kind of thing, then it's perfect. Uh, happily, this year, uh, so far, I had like amazing couples, which totally can relate on that. I don't work for bankers and lawyers for the last three years, for example, because I don't think they really understand uh, what I want to achieve, but I would rather to have weddings for creative people like designer, designer, web designer, architect, photographers, uh, wedding photographers, uh, and people working in the cinema industry. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. I have a lot of them. Uh, I have people working for Netflix. I have like music producer, uh, this kind of, of clients basically. So it's, it's, per- mm-hmm. it's a perfect match. Uh, I yeah. Would say. Obviously, you've mentioned the fact that you are a, a range-finding rising star of uh, 2019. I know for a fact that that process of you entering and selecting what is considered to be your best 30 images cannot have been easy for you. Because I know you kind of, like, like you just said, you don't look for that kind of portfolio. You don't look at it that way. Yes, definitely. I mean, for me, it was really a torture. Like really, yeah. really, uh, yeah. I probably ask about 50 of my friends to telling me like, what do you think? Is it strong enough? Is it good enough? Is it like, you know, it's, I, I'm always like scared of showing like a portfolio. Sometimes I have to, when I do like workshops. Uh, so I really, really, I have this strong sentence. And of course, like this is nothing comparable with the reality, but I have the feelings I'm killing my own child. Uh, of right, okay. extracting like 30 photos from my work and, and putting mm-hmm. it into a slideshow because it, I really, really hate that. I really hate Instagram mm-hmm. because for me, it's like extracting one photos from the entire story and they are losing their own interests. Uh, so yeah. I really hate this process, but that's just the way I think. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's not what other would think and that's totally fine. I just mm. feel really uncomfortable in this kind of situation. And yeah, the selection for the rising star was was a really a strange thing. I've been mm-hmm. attending another time uh, to be arranged by the Rising Star. It, if you know the process, basically the previous winners put your name on the table and they say, okay, this guy can potentially win. Uh, if you want to submit 30 photos, then the jury will 
check if you if that's strong enough and good enough in terms of quality and identity and there is different kind of things. Uh-huh. And then happily, last year was the last time I could attend it, and I finally made it. Uh, it, <laughs> did, it didn't change my business; like it didn't bring me new clients. That's the reality. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I, if you remember, like I was quite arguing with some photographers about it. <laughs> <laughs> not, oh, really? Not long I think ago. I missed that. Yeah, you missed it. Uh, and he was quite famous in it to the business. Like a previous winner actually talked about it and said, "Like, oh, doesn't mean anything." And I totally understand what he means by this. Mm-hmm. But the problem is actually he was a previous winner of the same award. And then, you know, he, for me, it was like, man, you are spitting in the same, in the soup, you know, like this is a French expression. I don't know if you have something similar in English, uh-huh. but like you are, you want something, the community give you something, give you maybe the legitimacy to do a workshop and, and to put your name like on the highlights. But now you are telling me like, award doesn't mean anything. It's like, I don't think it's a really nice behavior. Uh, but yes, I was like a little bit pissed off, mm. but that's true. I mean, the reality is didn't change anything into my business. It just gave me more legitimacy, uh, to be able to talk to workshops and conferences. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. And also what I found more important, it was like, okay, maybe your communication and your editing and the way you sell it to potential couples, it's is maybe tending to the right direction. And I think I took it a little bit more seriously than normally be able to book more weddings. Yeah, I can completely understand both sides of the argument there because obviously it means nothing in a certain way. Of course. You know, like, you know, but again, yes, it's it's a, quite a privilege to be given this award. So um, for me, it was, it was all about a privilege to win it. You know, when I, when yeah. I see the list of the previous winners, like... Some people I would just call like amazing photographers, like the Kitcheners, for example, or yeah. Petar Yulitsa, which is for me like the, the master of, of wedding photography uh, mm. and is going to be my wedding photographer actually for my own wedding. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Cool. So I already, contact, mm-hmm. I already contacted him and I said like, be free in 2021. Let me know what when you are going to be free because... I definitely want to book you. (laughs) (laughs) So, and yeah, this kind of thing. I mean, for me, it was all about being part of this, this, uh, club. Uh, Uh and because, you know, I really admire so many photographers, uh, for their own personality. And for me, it has to be a match. You know, they have to be good photographers and also amazing people. Uh, I can, I try to separate now when I meet the photographer for the first time, of course, it's not really like a radical like decision, but if if I see they are not really nice people, I don't really think I would I will see their work as the same as I saw before. So for me, it's a kind of matching both sides, basically. Yeah, somebody's mm-hmm. personality and the way they sort of interact with you definitely changes the way you view their work. Um, yes, I, I, I wanted so. to I wanted to throw back to. Earlier, you sort of mentioned that you're a frustrated filmmaker and mm-hmm. it, it got me wondering how come at the very start when you were sort of getting into the journey of being a photographer, why did you choose to go in the direction of being a photographer rather than a filmmaker? Um, I think the, the, to extract yourself from the medium and, and to have like a free spirit, uh, the, the process in photography is very easy to catch. Uh, it's... Uh, I mean, I can teach you the way I shoot photography in like 20 minutes. Uh, it's very, very simple. Uh, but you can't really do the same in videography or even in other kind of 
art, you know, like music or singing or this kind of thing. When the process of learning the medium is much longer than photography. Photography is very, very easy to understand. I mean, you have three different ingredients, uh, you know, the speed, the basically the ISO and, and the aperture. And when you know that, then it's super easy. I mean, my, the way I shoot is very, very simple. Uh, I always put my subject right in the middle. I use the central focus. I don't really care about the composition. Uh, of course, I know the rule of the third and everything. I just choose to just simply don't give a shit about it. Um, <laughs> when you can look at all my stories and your eyes are never going to move from the center of the screen. And that's the reality. I mean, if you see some of my stories, you would probably understand that. Uh, it's more like unconscious. Uh, but that's why also ha- doing workshops helped me a lot to understand why I was doing it and how I was doing it and what kind of couples I wanted to attract and everything. So I did workshop actually the first year I was shooting weddings because I shot 57 weddings for the first, the first season I was actually uh, doing like full-time photography. The wedding collective actually helped me a lot on that because I had like, it was like amazing to be part of it. Yeah. Um, I'm not part of it anymore because I'm not uh, living in in UK anymore. But that would be mm-hmm. that was really really amazing to be part of it. And yeah, it's um, and for the first time, as I say, when I moved to Scotland, I couldn't speak English, so it was super easy for me to be on the side of the couple and the family because I couldn't interact to them. Uh, it was mm-hmm. like really really hard for me to understand what they were just talking about. You know, like the Scottish accent is really strong sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry about that. That's okay. That's not your fault, guys. Uh, it was, pretty, I mean, it was really, really tough. That's the reality. And mm-hmm. and because I couldn't interact and and I was like feeling really shy at the time, I was not interacting and I didn't talk mm-hmm. to them. So it was like super easy for me to just be like a ninja on the shade and you know, like and just take pictures of what's happening in front of me. So mm-hmm. I was not using like zoom lens or anything. I was always shooting like prime lenses. Mm-hmm. And I was always like working, working, working and moving all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. That's just, just the way it came naturally to me. And, and I think movies came, I mean, the explanation about animations and, and the frustration generated by movies and everything just came a little bit later after that. Do you find that now that your English is, you know, absolutely fine? <laughs> like well, do, do, it's not the best but it's okay does that affect your shooting style now yeah of course I'm, I'm more interacting now with my couples but I try to do it before the wedding day mm-hmm. so I have developed basically a specific way of communicating with my couples uh, I would say for the first email until I just send the, the pictures to my couples uh so for me, it's all about the customer experience. Uh, yeah. Like right now, I'm working on my new website and I'm working on creating a new content for my couples and delivering mm-hmm. delivering the best service. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, on the, they're gonna have their own space on my website to communicate with their families and friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going obviously to remove my header, you know, where's my name and the footer, where is also my name, just to make sure they're gonna have their um, visual and their own identity and their own page on my website. Um, so I try to basically like help them as maximum as I can more and more now, uh, before maybe I was not putting so much effort to do it, mm-hmm. but for 2021, 
because 2020 is pretty, <laughs> pretty in trouble right now. Uh, yes, I will definitely try to adapt it and, and have like the perfect uh, communication and, and mm. make it a better experience because I think it's, it's not only about the wedding day. It's also about creating an impact. Yeah, man. That's the first, I mean, obviously I know you, um, you spend a lot of time on your website and we will get onto that a little bit later. Yeah, there's um, a lot of things to say. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but then we obviously we appreciate that you give a lot of that knowledge in your workshops. So yes. we do want to. We're not going to wring you dry with all your information. We do want to encourage people to book some time with you because I think that's important. Um, but yeah, you you've always spent a long time tr- working on your website, trying to perfect. Um, that user experience so that's that's really interesting i do i do however want to get back to one thing mm-hmm. do, do you think you'll ever try your hand at video again yes i think so yeah 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 i, I really think at some point i'm i'm really moved by as you say emotion uh, and movement and animation and narrative mm-hmm. i have like i feel a little bit sometimes frustrated on weddings uh, that's the reality because sometimes I really believe like I have some specific frames into my mind and mm-hmm. I really have some stories to tell like couple stories mm-hmm. or sometimes I would find a specific way of picturing what I just have in my brain. But for most of the time, yes, I, I would think animation would probably the best way for me to express myself. Um, yeah. Sometimes I do GIFs, uh, like animated yes. pictures. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do uh, parallax photos, you know, like when it's just a simple photos and then you put animation into it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I would put like specific ideas. Like I was thinking about that and, and maybe you can tell me as a, as a video reference, what you think about it? Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about putting like um, different versions of the wedding uh, into like a slideshow. So that would be like a slideshow or like picture by picture post. And then at the bottom of it, I would do like what I would call a director's cut version. Okay. Where I would basically tell why I choose these specific photos in that specific order or what was the idea behind publishing this story or this kind of, because my website doesn't have much text finally in the blog section. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking like, what's the best way for the people to understand why I choose this specific story to be on my website? Or sometimes I have really, really specific ideas uh, to start the, the story. Like, for example, you're going to see the first time the face of the bride as the first time as the groom is going to see her in wedding dress. Mm. So before that, you are going to see her her back or just the back of the head or just the silhouettes. But you never see, you see clearly her face until yeah. he's going to see her for the first time walking down the aisle. Mm. So, and if I don't tell you that, you cannot really understand this. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about it, but yes, I think one day I would definitely dig into understanding videography and the technical aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, one day I would probably come back to this. Uh, I, I actually love the idea, um, the director's cut. I think that's a really unique way of taking photography to that next level of, you know, cinematography influence. Because... And I think this is the thing. I feel like people get trapped in this notion of it's a wedding, so I need to capture this. I need to shoot it this way. Do do you ever feel like that even in your work now? 
Uh, I, I, I think we are kind of corrupted by sometimes wedding blogs. If you uh-huh. know what, if you know what I mean by this, like we need yeah. to have all these ingredients, and of course, that's also our our work to take pictures of the tables and the accessories and everything, because the couple actually spend a lot of time to choose these specific things, and that's the oh normal. yeah. Yes, but yeah, some, so I haven't published any of my stories on the b- wedding blogs for the last, I would say, three years, maybe. Mm. So I just publish the stories to aim to communicate with my future clients and future couples, not for the past couples. So I know it sounds a bit strange when I say that. Uh, for me, it's all about communicating like uh, a specific aspect of my personality and tell them a story and I'm happy I have my perfect fit for that. My mm-hmm. communication is all about finding my perfect clients. Um, it's not about only making money, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying like, if you do that, it's a bad thing, obviously. Uh, I know we have to put some food on the table and it's very important. And if you are happy to do what you do, I think it's the most important, no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I'm happy to show what I have in my guts and what I can bring into the story and by not saying words, but I just adding photos and, and it's not about 20 photos. It's not about random orders for the, for me, it's about the chronology and the logic explanation for you to understand a message with no words. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know how to tell that differently. It's just the way I see the word, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah. There's probably a lot of people listening who are sort of envious of, where you've got to with your sort of mindset and like creativity being free at wedding, they're maybe like sort of like getting a decent income from their work, but they're frustrated with how it's like safe wedding photography more so. Mm-hmm. How would you sort of recommend that they kind of break free from that? I, I really believe like more you shoot, more you're going to get information, more you're going to get details. Like for example, I would take a lot, a lot of picture of just the light basically like the lamp on the on the table the blinds the like curtains paintings on the wall and and then i put all these ingredients into the story so i shoot about minimum 12000 pictures per wedding and i deliver at least 1200 pictures to the couple uh, coming from small gesture uh, strong photos uh, like of course like the perfectly sharp and secure shots and then I just by changing some of the elements of the, I don't know, like the speed shutter, I would do, I would do like as you say, Simon, like blurry shots or autofocus shots or yeah, I love it. F- freelancing or this kind of thing because I I know in my brain I don't have like a piece of paper and then I have like a checklist of the shots I have really have to do. I just feel free to do one no matter what. Mm-hmm. I I know exactly of course what the couple wants to have, but I don't ha- I have this mental checklist. So, for example, like on one of my stories, I have like the perfect shot. I don't know if you remember this wedding in Glasgow. It was like an elopement with a lady with a blonde short hair. Um, it was like the se- second best elopement of the year uh, for Junebug uh, wedding blog in 2017, I think. Okay. And and there is this particular photos which is not like the amazing one. It's just like a simple one. I have like the perfect shot of the first kiss when they signed the, the registry at the office ah. uh, and the person I have obviously delivered the photo and, and the couple is like perfectly sharp and perfectly center and really, really nice shot. And then I just decrease the speed shutter and I have the emotion when it's just like kissing her like with a movement and they are like out of, out of focus is blurry. 
but I think there is more intention into this photo. So that's why I choose to put this photo into my blog because I think there is more intimacy, passion, and this kind of thing. So it's very, very quick for me to make a decision and say, okay, I have like 1,200 pictures and then I can create the story as I want. Mm -hmm. And I don't really care if the photo is perfectly sharp or anything. For me, it's mm -hmm. not about it's not about the secure work. It's about the emotion. Yeah. I think it's more is, important. Is this uh, is this Shannon and Kyle? Yes, that's the one. Yes, right. Of course. Yeah, I remember you showing us this um, at your workshop because I was just in love with uh, the whatever the preps venue was. This kind of like Airbnb place. Yeah, yeah that's correct. I uh, absolutely freaking loved loved this house, uh, and I loved the way you shot it. I love it. Uh, like, yeah, I, I thought it was just lovely. Yeah, and there is a real story behind this wedding, which I usually never talk about. So it's, 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 you know, as I told you, like the blog doesn't have much text, but some stories are more touching than others, you know. Uh -huh. uh, and this one was really, really emotional for them uh, because the story behind it is basically her parents. So the, the couple is from America. Uh, mm -hmm. the, her parents uh, moved to America like about 30, 35 years ago, something like that. But actually they were, they were from Scotland, from Glasgow. And 30, uh, 40 years ago, her parents got married in the same day, in the same, in the same room at the same time in, in Glasgow. Wow. And because her, her mother passed away a few years before the wedding, she chose to say, okay, to commemorate the memory of my mother we are going to be married in the same building at the same time on the same day. Oh. So there is a real story behind it, but sometimes I prefer to don't talk anything about it because I think it's very, very personal to the couple. And, yeah. and I prefer to don't put any information because uh, I just, it's kind of a secret between the couple and I. Um, so yeah, that's, that was a, but I have some particular stories like that on my website. I have this, yeah. this kind of strange thing sometimes like, Wedding planners, they're going to talk to me and they're going to send me a message. Sometimes they're going to say like, why all your couples are beautiful? And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think they are just super pretty. I just don't know how beautiful they can be in front of the camera. And I don't think I should only pretty couples. I just, you know, my couples are all the same. They are very shy. They don't want to be the center of the attention, but they are shy enough, but they are not too shy to show their emotion in front of each other, in front of their families. Uh, which I find really, really interesting for me to work on. Uh, I'm a, I would say I'm kind of an emotional sponge, like we say, in, we ask this expression in French. I'm absorbing mm -hmm. the emotion very, very quickly. Sometimes I, I cry with my couples. Of course, I laugh with my couple. Uh, when they sing Caledonia all together at the end of the, of the dance floor, I'm like crying with them and singing with them. Uh, you know, it's very, very emotional to me. It's, it's, mm. I'm no longer like a, this caveman staying home all the time. I'm, you know, like I'm just spent taking part of the wedding day. Of course, I know I'm professional enough to do the job and that's totally <laughs> fine. <laughs> they, that's yeah. what they are paying me for. But it's sometimes I, I'm, I cannot even take the pick, take the shot because I, I, my, my finger is not able to press the shutter because I'm really, really getting to the, the story and, and mm. some, sometimes if you don't communicate with your couples, if you just shoot like a professional, sometimes you are missing the important emotions. And for me, it has to go together. I um, I think we talked about this in the last episode uh, with the Costa sisters. Like, 
you do get invested in your couples. And um, I don't think there's anything wrong with sharing in those moments that they're experiencing whatsoever. I, I, I think, like, a, a lot of people can, like, stand off and just shoot a wedding as an, an, an event, you know? And just think of things on a technical level and, you know, they're in the middle of busy wedding season, so maybe they're they're not focused or they're tired or and they're not quite engaging their emotional... You know, they're not engaging the, with their couple on an emotional level all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, but that's, that's, the, that's the reality. I mean, all, not I don't have the same connection with all my couples. That's normal. Well, no, no, that's true. But uh, I, I think it's important when you are able to do that. Because I, you know, it's, I, I've, I've cried behind the camera every once in a while. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's important, obviously, to to do what sh- what the people are are paying you for. You know, like uh, what I would call being professional and and, and secure the job. And uh-huh. that's, that's why you have a contract with the couple. I mean, mm-hmm. that's it. It's it's not only about that. Yeah. Um, but if I some, I don't really need to have like. 20 email exchanges with the couple. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, but I don't know why I have this hypersensitivity uh, as well. Like, and that's mm-hmm. the way I am. Uh, yeah. This is not something I can even explain to you. It's just the way I am. So mm-hmm. sometimes no. I would just catch the information without even understanding what's happening. But I, my, my guts, my, sense we just perceive there is something happening and i don't know i would be curious about it and i would dig it and by shooting all the time and shooting a lot of different angles i will unconsciously understand exactly what is happening and mm-hmm. i will try to put it into the frame so it's it's sometimes of course i I'm, maybe i'm going to miss a specific important information but hopefully I, by shooting a lot of photos i don't try to i mean it's not happened too many times, so mm-hmm. or too often. I, I feel like I'm very much like when you, when I hear you talk about these things, I feel like I'm very much in the similar area as you. And I do wonder, like, I do have dyslexia, mm-hmm. so I've always wondered, you know, I've always been attracted to music and stuff, and 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 things more so on an emotional level. Like, I could go into an art museum and spend a long time there and engage with pieces of art on an emotional level and be able to have these conversations with people Mm -hmm. about, you know, what does this art say, you know, and that kind of thing. And I wonder, you've obviously mentioned your, your, your autism. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wonder if that's part of these things that we, that that we have, you know, if, if that's the gift of having. Yes, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying like talking a lot about my autism because I, I think it's just like something I I can work on. I'm a, I'm an adult. I made my own choice. I mean, I can take care of myself. I pay my own taxes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My, of course there is no comparison and nothing to compare with like heavy autism, which is like, for example, my nephew's got heavy autism. Yeah. yeah. And of course I can see the difference. You know, he's like Mm -hmm. nine years old. He doesn't talk much. He's into his own world all the time. He's a happy Mm -hmm. child. You know, everything is fine, but you cannot, you cannot like put him under a shower to just have a wash or anything because he, he wouldn't enjoy the experience and he would scream to death. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and you know, this kind of hypersensitivity is probably coming from that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Also because I was really an introvert and I'm still, still uh, an introvert because I stay home, I would say 99% of the time. Of course, I'm, yeah. tra- I'm traveling 
now I'm feeling much more secure about it, about traveling. Uh, I work on, as I say, this kind of uh, character, which I built through time. Uh, like, you know, like this, this, per- this character, like very sure of himself, which always yep. talking about business and everything. And mm-hmm. that's, that's also a character, you know, because you, you met this, this person. Yeah. Um, but it's, I'm, I would say I'm kind of a complex animal, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. But I, th- I think autism and, and as you say, like, uh, being autistic is, it's of course giving you, uh, this kind of curiosity about the words and, and maybe that's why you are making a better work. I don't think my work, it's all about, um, uh, explaining everything I have into my, my soul and my mind and my, my creativity, my brain and whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. It's also to create a simple, but deep connection with my couples. And I use these words quite a lot into my communication. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say 100% of who I am, but I, I know how important is it for them to understand who I can potentially be and what I can potentially deliver to for their weddings. That's why I included photos, videos, sound, or this kind of thing, because for me, it's, uh, it's very important to show them who I am, but I don't want to spread the words too much because I need also to this kind of comfort zone to, mm. to create this fake, um, strong, secure, sure of himself person. Mm-hmm. You obviously mentioned, obviously, that you're an introvert. Does that affect the way you shoot at a wedding? Um, like, like, would you would you say your shooting style is more introverted, or do you take on your your persona and shoot, you know, as no, more of an extrovert? No, I'm a, I'm more an extrovert because I, I'm not there to. I mean, of course, I know I expect specific photos during the wedding. Uh, yes, I, I try to have like the, as I say the secure shots and sometimes the picture I really want. So Ferwaristi would say, for example, sometimes you are a whore, sometimes you are an artist. Uh, <laughs> that's it's. I think it's a strong word. I would maybe use these words to be honest. But yeah. yes, I, I know I need to have like specific shots and sometimes I can be more creative. Yeah, uh, like I would do brunizers or anything or <laughs> freelancing or this kind of thing because for mm-hmm. me it's it's talking something a little bit deeper than I can even tell. So just talking about emotions then, we do ask a lot of photographers what drives their work. Uh, and I think most of the time, you, I mean, unsurprisingly, because we, we are shooting weddings, they say the emotion uh, drives their work. You know, it's not, it's not always about the perfect composition. It's about capturing an emotion. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel that there's two sides to that answer if you say emotion drives your work. There's the capturing of emotion, and I feel like there's the creation of emotion in images. And I, I feel like when I, I... I've obviously spoken about this already, but when I look at one of your images, I feel like you are creating emotion rather than just capturing it. You know what I mean? So I, I, I'm really interested to see... Like, Can you, can you talk us through your thoughts on emotion in an image? It's complicated because for me, I would say emotion would go through not only one shot, but like 120, 140 photos. Mm. So the narrative and the way you're going to basically to structure your story, it's more important than the rest. Um, I don't really tend to have, like, as you say all the time, like the perfect shot. I don't really care. I don't give a shit about it. Um, <laughs> There is different kind of shapes of, of emotions. 
So it's for me, it's not not only about you know weddings. We'd say like, oh, it has to be bubbly. It has to be full of colors and people jumping around and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to have more like small and intimate weddings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, it's um, and working mostly with uh, British couples, American couples, and and Canadian couples. Um, because on the way they're going to show their emotions is also a very different way of Portuguese couples or French couples. So I would say like the Anglo-Saxons, uh, vibe, it's very, very different from French weddings, for example. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's not only me making the choice of them to behave on a certain way for me to capture the, the day. It's also because they can relate on what I'm going to show on my website and it's, is a perfect match. So it's, it's like, it's like a give, give, uh, thing more. They're mm-hmm. going to give me emotions more. I can create emotions. Uh, I, I, of course I, I'm this, I'm this kind of person. I, I'm really melancholic. I'm really romantic. I'm hypersensitive. Uh, I have, I, I cannot say like I have this creativity because I think it's uh, it's not really even that. I'm not really a creative person. The process of of making photos, of taking photos is very, very simple. And I can teach you that in five minutes. It's, it's mm-hmm. not very complicated. But that's why I use the brand Soul Mind Heart because I want them to have 100% of everything is inside me. My past, my future, my presence, my doubt, my fears, my whatever you call it. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes, of course, they are not perfect pictures, but I mean, if they are happy, that's the most important. So sometimes I have obviously to put my ego and my creativity into my pocket or into my ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. and, and do what's, what they want. And that's totally normal. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's part of the joke, you know. Uh, you have mentioned that, you know, it would take, you could teach someone the way you shoot in like, half an hour could you yeah. very quickly like give us a brief very brief rundown on how you shoot so i, so I shoot one camera one lens uh i shoot 35 millimeter i use the sony a9 uh, which i use in burst mode the entire day so i shoot a lot a lot of photos uh, usually about 50 gig uh per wedding uh, easily uh 500 sorry 500 gig per, <laughs> per wedding 400 to 500 gig per wedding because it's i i shoot like compressed uh files mm-hmm. yeah i mean the way i shoot is very very simple i shoot always at f1.4 and then i use basically 100 iso and if that's getting too dark and if the shutter speed is under one per 200 per 50 then i just increase the iso that's it mm-hmm. <laughs> that's as simple as Very it is cool, man. yeah well you mentioned your shutter speed i love there's one aspect of your photographs that i love and it's when you when you drag the shutter yeah you know it's uh you really you're really adding that that motion in there so how, how do you achieve that look and I, i'm asking because you know we've got a lot of listeners who haven't been shooting for for too long mm-hmm. um so so yeah let's give them something to it's an very, idea to play it's, with so. it's very very simple so on the on the sony basically the aperture is on the lens so rather than to shoot f1.4 uh, and 250 
I will never touch, obviously, the ISO, so the ISO will be pretty much the same. Then what I will do to do this kind of blurry shot, I will open at F8, uh, close at F8, sorry. Then I will just decrease the speed shutter to half a second. I will just move my wrist, uh, and that's it. And then you will take like 20 shots. Maybe one of them is going to be good enough for you to, to put into a gallery, and you're going to mm-hmm. like the effect. Yeah. Of course, you are going to have a lot of messy shots and and unclear and, and everything mm-hmm. uh, which is not going to be good enough but sometimes it's going to be too bright or too dark but by just doing your editing you're going to find something interesting and it's like a treasure um you can just basically think oh actually it's not too bad and then you can use it and it means something to you and it's make you look look like you are more creative yeah. How how do you know when to employ this technique? I try basically to do that sometimes in the morning when I do the getting ready because it's a bit easier. Sometimes during couple uh, session, like fifteen minutes after the ceremony, and then fifteen minutes when the sunset is coming. Yeah. So, sometimes I will do that when they are just walking or when there is like uh, people playing music because for me music is about dynamic, and dynamic cannot really really be translated into a proper photo when everything is perfectly sharp for me uh-huh. movement is music is imperfect music is something with movement so i will try to do that in that specific time and mm-hmm. when i have i would say the core the secure shots when i know i have like the perfect shots and then i have like these microseconds this less than five seconds to do like imperfect shots like as i see mm-hmm. the first kiss uh, i have the perfect shot then i have the imperfect shots but for me they are, they are both perfect I don't know how to say that differently as well. Yeah. With Jack was designed from the ground up and is tailored specifically for creatives. Whether you provide a service like design, development or photography or offer advice to clients, With Jack is for you. It's focused on creatives. Insurance shouldn't be complicated, so With Jack has made every step easy. You'll deal with one form and talk to one Jack as you sign up get covered and move on with your day. With Jack is all about bespoke insurance for creatives. Simple. That doesn't mean more forms or faff, it means less. It's not about endless features and stale service. It's about one solid policy and the personal touch. Bye bye unnecessary fuss, hello creative friendly insurance. Be a confident creative. So we mentioned earlier that, and you've talked a lot about how the website is a massive part of your brand and your business. And I know from sort of talking to you that you put a lot of work into the front end and the back end of how you run your website. One thing that I think you're really good at is SEO. And I know Mm -hmm. that there's something that you put out every month, a music playlist. And I'm assuming there's maybe a couple of reasons for doing that. Can you tell us a bit more about what the point of doing the music playlist is? Okay, uh, so my website is, uh, as I would call, a maze. There is a lot, a lot of pages. Um, I think my website so far, when I made the last scroll, was about 1,087 pages, uh, wow. which is which is a lot. But I'm, I'm, I'm redoing everything right now, so I'm starting from scratches, uh, which is obviously going to take a lot of time. <laughs> so, yeah, great. You, you mentioned the music, like the monthly playlist. Yeah. Um, so obviously there is a specific purposes behind it. So, uh, uh, it's like an event, uh, it's like, a like a meeting I make to my couples and the people who are actually following me. Uh, 
I don't have like the visit of my website are not only potential couples. I also have a lot of um lot of photographers coming on my website. That's the reality. Like I think it's from the first of Ju of January two thousand nineteen to the thirty first of December twenty nineteen, I have like about ninety thousand page views on my website. Uh, which is a lot. I mean this year I have my own I have set up my own goals. I want to have one hundred thousand page views on my website. I know it sounds a bit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed by by statistics. I think that's my autism. It doesn't help as well <laughs> on that. But I'm I'm all about statistics and uh I would take it like a video game. I know it sounds a bit like crazy when I say that. I, I want to have, you know, the best armor, the best shields, the best weapon, the best everything and, and build my character. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, like, like I would build my website. So it's basically the same. And the monthly playlist, yes, there is a purpose. Um, so basically if you put about nine, 10 musics in, in, into your website, people are going to spend a lot of time on one specific page, which is going to be seen by Google and Google going to say, okay, People are coming into this website, they spend, I don't know, 40 minutes, something like that, or maybe more uh, on this website. So it has to be some important uh, message on it or something interesting. So it's going to value more your website rather than the one who doesn't bring a lot of time, um, okay. presence uh, of people into your website. So it's always better. And also it's another page views on the website. Obviously, it would bring me more clients and Google is going to see that and put you higher in the ranking. So it actually does make sense. And then obviously, you can pass another message also to your couples and say, listen, I'm not only a photographer, but it's like another per part of my personality. And this is the music I'm listening. And just, of course, I'm not going to put like heavy hard metal music or this kind of thing. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's so, I'm not this kind of person anyway. Like... Sometimes I, I listen like different kind of music, but I'm, I never really, really put this really very little niche of music when people would just relate. And but I would say ninety-five percent of the couple of the people are not going to understand the message. Mm -hmm. So what I'm listening is just rock music and this kind of thing, or pop music, or dance music, or whatever you call it. Um, it it's very, very easy to put into a website uh, to make more traffic and more presence. And so it's like, a, as I say all the time, a win-win situation because mm -hmm. more traffic, the couple gets to know more about your taste. They can relate on that. Sometimes they're going to write to me and say like, oh, Eric, we listen to the last monthly playlist you put on your website for the last two days. We really love your style. We really love your music. We have the same interests. Uh, sometimes we, we're going to talk about music rather than photography. We're going to yeah. talk about the Arctic Monkeys or what kind of rock band I was listening when I was a teenager or this kind of thing. It's actually really fun. So your use of music, um, if you if someone was to go through your blog, say, they'll obviously notice that you have a song or two songs that you put kind of before your blog for the intention of them hitting play and then scrolling down to view the images on your blog. Yes. But that, but am I right in saying that's not for SEO purposes? No. That's, no. that's for emotional engagement of your images, correct? Exactly, that's correct. So for me, like all my all my stories, I spend basically like two days to select the right photos to put into like picture by picture into the, the blog stories. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I spend probably about a half day or maybe a full day to find like the perfect music. But I think you are exactly this, doing exactly the same, guys. 
it's even harder for you guys because it has to fit exactly the rhythm and and you know the cut of your videos. Yeah. So I'm not like yeah. I'm not that that pushy on photos, uh, maybe as <laughs> you probably would do for video. But yes, I think there is a um, for me like music. It's very very important, um, mm. and there is always this quote said from Nelson Mandela. Uh, talk to talk to someone to a language language he can understand. It goes to his brain. Talk to this person. Talk to this person is on his own language, so the language he speaks. Uh, then uh, it goes to his heart. And, and for for me, music it's bringing another medium and another way of connecting with the cup to the couple. So that's mm-hmm. why I put a lot a lot of effort of selecting the right music um, yeah. because for me it's very very important. So. There's a, there's one other thing that I love about your blogs is the fact that you give them titles. Yes. And we do we do this as well with our films. Um, we give them titles. I want to draw people's attention to one of my personal favorite ones, and it's so it's just it's very it's a very simple. I think it's um it's just a, it's just a couple picnicking with their truck. It's called the Jealousy of the Volcano. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, by is it Lou and Pepe? Pepe? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, Me- mm-hmm. in Mexico, um, I totally love that shoot. I love, it's, I love, it's, yeah, I love and, and there is another specific ideas behind it. So uh-huh. basically, I was doing these workshops in Mexico in January, okay. uh, and it was like not far away from Mexico City. And there is the story of these two volcanoes. And and some when I was there shooting, like anticipating the story I wanted to create because I had like only twenty minutes to create those shots. Only I had like I had like yeah thirty minutes to create all the shots you actually can see into the website. And, and someone told me about the story about those volcanoes. So basically in front of, in front of us, there is those really big volcano you can see at the beginning of the story uh, is representing the man, the man. Um, and the couple basically separated by a few kilometers. And then a little bit later on the storytelling, you see this, the, the shape of a, of a woman uh, on the ground and you can see like the head, the, the chest, the legs, and then the feet, uh, like lying on at the top of the mountain on the left side of the, the volcano you, you see at first. Mm-hmm. And, and the story is basically like the volcano, the first one, uh, is basically booming and making smoke every second or third day. Uh, and, and all the wind is bringing the, like the dust and everything on the, on the left side. It's like a message basically sent to his, to his girl. Uh, and like, oh, I, I really wish to be with you. I really want to be with you. But of course, they are fixed in time and they cannot mm-hmm. be together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, the story was like, oh, okay, actually, it's actually very interesting. What I'm going to talk about is basically a couple who is able to spend time together, simple time, escaping from a wedding or a time just being together. They're just going to put like a basket uh, and do like a play some music uh, near the tree and everything. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I just made the volcano exploding. Um, so I took basically a photos from, from like Wikipedia, uh, from YouTube, uh, from Google, sorry. And I just edited on my own way. Um, uh-huh. And after that, I just say, okay, because he's so freaking jealous because he, co- he cannot spend the time with his girl and he see this couple spending time kissing, hugging and spending simple time together. I choose to call it the jealousy of the volcano. So you have two audio system, you have the music and mm. then you have another version with basically a, Sp- a Spanish girl present for the workshop actually is explaining the story of these volcanoes. And if you're not Spanish, you cannot understand what she's saying. 
So it's like another abstracting stories I just put into my website. And not everybody can understand it, and I don't aim for everybody to understand it. It's definitely up there with uh, with uh, some of your work for me. Um, as I scroll through it, it's, I, I just I fall in love with the with what you're trying to do, the the motion that you add, the emotion. And then, yeah, the, the, the kind of the... Well, when you, you've got this cool GIF, um, GIF uh, motion, what, what do they call it? When you have a series of images together and it plays Ani- the sequence? Animated photos. Animated photo, yeah. And it kind of looks like the sun's setting when the couple are just standing there. Obviously yeah, you're just, it's you're very, just, very easy to do. Uh, yeah, it looks like you're just cranking, you're just shutting the aperture. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So uh, as, as I said on the Sony, basically the the aperture is on the lens, so mm-hmm. you, you can have like the you know like with the dent, it's going to make like not that smooth. But mm-hmm. then on the thirty five one point four, you can just change it a little bit to make it smooth, and then you just close the aperture, and that's it. But yeah, it's it's cool, and then obviously you've got that volcano at the end, and it just yeah, it just it just feels. It just feels very satisfying for me to go through this with the music, especially because it's quite a sensual soundtrack. Um, yeah, the both that, Blood yeah, Blood. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I actually really like that track, and uh, yeah. it's obviously cool because he's. Uh, I mean, you're getting into the nuance of things, but obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a track made by an acoustic guitar, and he's got an acoustic guitar, so it's kind of like playing on the visuals of the vibe and stuff, and yeah, I really. Uh, it was a cool story. Really, enjoy, yeah. really enjoyed it, and and Lou and Pepe are a really, really cool couple as well. So it's it was really good fun. Yeah, and in cool. thirty in thirty minutes you can tell a story. You don't really need a, an entire day to tell a story. So it's actually really yeah. good good practice. I'll put a link to that blog story in the show notes. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, sure. but I mean it's it's super easy sometimes to tell a story. It's not sometimes it's not only about. The wedding day sometimes I would just choose to just tell like when the couple is getting ready from the time they're going to spend into the bed and, and start to hire all the staff and put some makeup on and everything. And then just walk into the, like the, the corridor and just open the door to just start the day. And that's, that's it. And, and yeah, you, you mentioned, for example, the name of the stories. I, I don't do that for SEO purpose. It's just for good fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't really care if people understand this kind of message. What I really aim to to have is the ca- the couple who can understand exactly why I do it. So it's it's. I know my communication is very very um, specific. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't aim to please everybody, and probably some of the couples they don't really understand what I mean, and that's fine. That's okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, I as I say all the time, I don't have a specific niche of clients. Uh, you know, like for example, I would have only boho brides or only uh, creative, um, like I don't know, sequin dress bride or anything. They, they are all different, but they all, they are all artistic and they can all understand why I was doing it and what I want to achieve. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, so my niche is actually very big. Uh, I don't have I don't have like only people with tattoos and beard. I don't have only boho brides. I don't have only one specific kind of brides. And they are all different, but they are all artistic, which Mm -hmm. is really cool because, I mean, it's much easier to have 25 couples this way than to have only 25 couples with beard and and, and tattoos. Is the the SEO stuff, is that something that you teach at your workshops as well as the sort of 
basics of photography and st- things? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't hide anything, and, and I always share no matter what. Uh, as I say all the time, the community gives me so much. Like I think this is totally normal to support and and to teach. Well, no matter no matter what, I can teach to people. Uh, I'm super happy to do it. Uh, and if I can help people to push their businesses uh, on the next level, then I'm super happy of doing. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there another couple of like broad stroke fundamental things that people can do to improve their SEO? Like you've mentioned, you want people to stay on your website for a long time. Is there any other sort of key things that you want people to be doing? There is is so many advice about SEO. The problem is there is no one specific way of doing it or everybody would do it. Uh, I'm I'm using some specific techniques. That's, That's true. Like a lot, a lot of pages. Uh, right now I'm working on creating content. Uh, like generating traffic and keeping my my visitors on my website. Uh, so I'm writing different articles, but I do that also because I want to, to write articles. I think the first advice, if, if you are pushing of writing articles, if you're not good at it, it doesn't make any sense to do it. Uh, I would rather pay someone to write articles for you. Um, like go, for example, on Fever, you know, F-I-V-E-R-R. Yeah, uh, and then you can find someone who can write article for you and and matching the SEO purpose behind it, and you know it's it's probably better thing to do than only push yourself to write something because if it would sounds fake, it would sounds really weird. Um, so yeah, do that because you you have the desire of doing it because you think you have something to tell to people. Um, I think that's the more first advice, uh, and after that it depends. on I mean, the, the SEO is a very, very complex thing. It depends on your business, depends on the kind of couples or clients you want to have. The kind of d- depends on your market, depends also on the location, uh, because some people they just think like, okay, I want to be to aim to have only weddings in Scotland, so they don't know how, how anticipate the websites to be. Like, for example, what kind of server, what kind of computers, what kind of what kind of how to name their website. Everything is like. It's a bigger picture than only, okay, you have a website and you have to build it because you need to consider everything when you create your own identity. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, of course, like, I, I make it very personal sometimes because I propose like one-on-one mentoring, talking about SEO. And then it's not only about, oh, this is a nice photo or this is a consistent editing. Of course, it's important, but it's not only about that. It's also about what kind of clients you want to attract, what is your market, what is your goal? Maybe you are not very happy of your target clients right now. Maybe you want to change it. How to adapt your communication? And then we can talk about creating content. So it's it's a bit more complex than only, oh, this is a pretty website. You know? Yeah, mm. I would definitely recommend that people consider sort of getting in touch with you for a one-on-one because every time you used to stop by Glasgow and just pop in and say hi at the office, you'd, you'd catch up and then you'd always be like, Oh, have you heard of this? Or oh, check this out. I'm like, whoa! Every time you leave me, like inspired to like do something new with the website. So I definitely recommend that people sort of get in touch with you. SEO is kind of a kind of a black hole. You know, it's a, there is no end. You you can uh, when you start to get to know a little bit about SEO, you want to learn more and more and more. But then at some point, when I am right now. If I dig on something, I'm going to lose on other things. So I'm like, maybe that's that's enough. Uh, 
So it's good right now. Like I'm working on a new website and I'm focusing on something else. And then, but I know exactly what I want to aim, what kind of clients I want to have, what kind of communication I want to bring, everything. So it's like, hopefully the new website, you're going to like it guys. And and yeah, it's going to be very interesting for me to work on it. I'm super excited to... I was going to say, is the new website something that you were working on before COVID? Or is that something that because of this sort of situation you've decided to work on? No, I mean, I, I, you know, guys, I've been using uh, Squarespace for a very long time because I love the interface. I much prefer Squarespace. I feel more comfortable. It's easier for me to create a website on Squarespace. And I'm also using some specific techniques which you can't really do on WordPress because WordPress is it's an amazing tool. It's, it has its pros and cons, which is totally normal, like every other provider. Uh, but they are released on Squarespace 7.1, which bring a uh, little bit better things like the JavaScript and everything. It's very, very technical, so I'm not going to talk about it today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm building my new website on Squarespace 7.1 to have faster websites, better ranking and kind of to kill the market, uh, if you know what I mean. Like at, at some point, I know I'm driven by my ego. It's not like a bad ego. Um, it's not like, oh, I want to show to people like I'm the best photographer because, and I never would really consider myself as an artist. Like I'm more a craft maker or an artisan. And people think sometimes like, yeah, Eric is the best photographer. I, I don't, I never say such thing. And I never believe I'm a photographer. I'm an artist. That's what I really believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, what I was talking about, actually. <laughs> I kind of... <laughs> I'd be interested to know when your new website's going to be launching. Uh, the new, I have no idea. I have no, no idea. idea. No, no, no. Because I, I know you're a perfectionist. No, no, not at all, actually. I, I really no, no? Be, no, no, no. I, I really believe, in, and, and tell me if I'm wrong about it. I prefer, I prefer to, to work on my strength rather than my weaknesses, first of all. Okay. And, and secondly, I don't aim everything to be perfect at first. I will try different things. And then maybe a week after or a month after, I will totally change my mind about it. <laughs> but uh, I would say, oh, d- d- I had like an amazing idea last week, but I think now this is just pure shit, you know? <laughs> and that's just the way I, I am. And uh-huh. uh, some, sometimes I will, I would just like totally change my mind. I would just say, no, just, just leave it. Everything is fine. It's, you are just, wasting time, but it's okay. It's nothing really bad. It's mm-hmm. nothing dangerous for your business or anything bad for you. So I prefer to rather to try different things to don't make them perfect. And then if they are working, then I will make them perfect with time uh, rather than to just everything have to be, you know, perfectly set up, perfectly clear, perfect. No, I don't aim for this. It's, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not the way I think. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't think if you if you only start to work on some person project and if you really want them to be perfect, you are never going to make them, or it's going to be very very hard process. Mm. So just try it. if you really want to if you have an idea in mind, just try it. It's if you change your mind, everything is fine. You just wasted a bit of time. There's nothing bad about it, nothing wrong about it. But and then if you think it after that, it's a really good idea, and if it's working, bringing you more traffic or more visibility or more intention, then everything is fine and you can still work on it. When you came to the office last time, you showed Greg this app that allowed you to look at websites like trees with all their oh, yeah. pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what was it called? The site mapping? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, 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 was it? what was that app called? It's visualsitemapper.com. 
it's it's basically a website which is going to bri- to show you basically the structure of the mapping of your website. So basically, mm-hmm. if you're on WordPress, uh, let, let's talk a little about technique as technical aspect a bit. Uh, so when you have Yoast into your WordPress account, Yoast every time you're gonna update something onto your website, like for example, name a photo, publish a new blog post, or just simply uh, put a dot at the end of a sentence because you forgot to put a dot. A final mm-hmm. dot at the end of a, of a sentence. So no matter what, Yoast is going to see it and say, okay, I'm going to submit your website into Google because Google doesn't wake up one day and say, okay, today I'm going to check the website of Cinemate or Mark Pakura or Eric Connepanoir. Okay. So sometimes you have to anticipate it and submit your own website, which is called site mapping. So you can go to uh, Google Search Console or Google Webmaster Tools. Then you go to site mapping and then you submit your own site map. And then you say, okay, Google now scan my website. And then it's going to see the connection between the pages and the backlinks and everything. Uh, you, Yoast does that for you if you're on WordPress. If you're on Squarespace, you have to do that manually. So it's bringing like a little bit information about the SEO and the technique I'm using, if you remember what I said about it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's a very interesting thing to to understand because you understand basically like a like a web, uh, like a spider web is going to show you basically the connection between pages, yeah. and it's very very interesting to analyze. Uh, like mm. I can I can check the entire website of Cinemate today, and by just using it, I can see all your pages, and then you can't really see it. I can analyze my competitors, my friends' <laughs> website, <laughs> everything. Um, I'm, I'm really digging into information right now, like how to make it better, smarter, sharper, mm-hmm. how to create better content, how for it, what kind of keywords I'm going to use into my websites. And, and actually I'm working on into making a new software for photographers about, about it. Ooh, interesting. Oh, interesting. So really? Yeah. Cool. That's my new project, uh, cool. which is kind of secret, but I can, I can tell you now because I, I think the, this podcast is not going to be released until February 2021. <laughs> so hopefully I may, I may have released already the new software. So it's like, like a new tool for photographers and bloggers, which is going to help you to basically name the photos. Um, but I'm, it's going to be more than this, but I can't tell too much. I have some ideas in my mind and, um, and yeah, I really want to create like the perfect tool for bloggers and photographers. Hmm. So it's going to be take a bit of time, but I feel I will get there. Can't wait. But yes, uh, so just so you know, this podcast will be released in a few weeks. <laughs> so just as well, you didn't tell us too much. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, honestly, if you contact me on private, I will tell you more about it. It's, it's okay. Very cool. Very cool. Um, but yes, yeah, so the visual site mapper, guys, if you've not heard about this, um, totally check it out because it is really fascinating how you can actually delve into um, how websites are constructed. The, 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 most, imp- the most important uh, important advice I can give you guys is your first page have to be fast enough and, and accurate. So if you don't name your photos or if your keywords, uh, your H1 is not aimed as wedding videographer or wedding photographer, then you are wasting a bunch of time listening to the podcast and you need to work on your website because mm-hmm. it's the most important page is the first page of your website. So it's, spend a particular time and energy to work on the first page. That's the most important advice I can give you. Yes. 
Except for our podcast. Always listen to our podcast. Of course. And I was just joking. I was just joking. Um, yeah. So with all this chat about websites, wh- where do you find most of your bookings come from? SEO. SEO. Yeah. Yeah. I book like uh, amazing weddings from all over the world because of that. Like I shoot weddings in South Korea this year. I should have um, had a wedding in uh, Tanzania to shoot a three days elopement uh, with a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I booked it actually because of SEO purpose. So it's uh, I would I would say SEO bring me about sixty percent of my booking. Um, then recommendations from uh, other photographers and uh, previous couples and little bit of Instagram little bit of Pinterest and that's it. Very cool. So Very I simple, think, right? <laughs> I, I, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think most of the ideas are fairly simple to get your head around. It's just all of these things can take time. So you do need to spend a bit of time uh, developing these ideas. You need, you need to be proactive. Like, yeah. Wish, wish the best for your couples. Like you wish for yourself, you know, like what kind of pro, what kind of service would you, would you like to have from, from your photographers? And then when you start to put some ideas together, you would say like, oh, actually, that's a good idea. Or oh, I wish I could be able to have my own space to share it with family and friends into their website. And that's what I'm doing now. Like, so I can tell you, like, I have these specific pages from each couples, uh, which mm-hmm. I'm going to put like a slideshow, like a gallery. And then I'm going obviously to put some other articles because I, I know like impo- all important is to bring some prints. Uh, like albums and everything. Uh-huh. So I'm working on creating like the perfect content, something pretty, something sharp to fit like the desire of everybody. Um, and yeah, that's a very, very interesting process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that something that that's going to be specific for your website or is it something that you could potentially spin out to a side project as a no, product? I mean, I, I'm doing to do to explain about it uh, on on mentoring as well because working on this kind of pages obviously is going to spend to to bring like more traffic into your website more time presence as well and more sales yeah. so it's very very interesting to work on being proactive and and finding the perfect tool for your couple and making the perfect communication so it's like a win 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 situation like you are bringing more traffic making more sales the couple is happier because you provide a service they're not expecting and the families and friends have another support to communicate to each other uh, and to have the informations related on the wedding and then seeing the photos after the wedding day yeah cool. so it's like perfect yeah mm. something that we always like to ask towards the end when we're sort of getting close to wrapping up do you have any book recommendations for any listeners I don't read books, so <laughs> you're, you're pretty much <laughs> fucked up with me, guys. I'm well, sorry. I don't I read books. <laughs> I had a follow-up question that was specific for you because I know how much you love films and cinematography. Do you have any uh, cinematographers or specific films that you'd recommend just now? I don't have a specific movie. Uh, I, I follow like a lot, a lot of different kind of videographers and producers. I, I'm, I'm really crazy about Denis Villeneuve. Uh, I don't know if you know the name, guys. Uh, yeah, but you, probably, you probably some you probably know some of his movies like Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, Sicario, oh, yeah. Arrival. Uh, he did like other other movies and everything. So I really love the way he's creating stories because it's not only about the nice photos and the nice framing, uh, which some producers sometimes are all about. 
Uh, so you know, like the, the pretty shots and the beautiful color grading and everything. But I'm still interested into the storytelling, which is mm-hmm. not the case because I'm, of course, now I, I can see like the movies differently. Sometimes I'm corrupted by my knowledge, and I would rather analyze the light and the framing and this kind of thing. And it's, and then I'm losing the interest about the story. Um, so yeah, Denis Villeneuve made this perfect mix for me. He's still like very interesting movies, really good at storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the framing is always really nice. He is using like really nice DP, so directors of photography, uh, which are really, really good. So yeah, it's very, very interesting to, for me to analyze. And he's going to work on the next Dune, you know, the movie. Oh yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. So if you see, if you haven't seen the trailer, it seems very exciting. Um, I, I can't wait to, to see that. The last, the last movie, which I really was really moved uh, was probably Road to Panama, which is not like a really well-known movie. Mm-hmm. And I really like the hero. Um, I don't remember the name of the actor. It's not from the Villeneuve, it's from another guy. But it really, really touched me, and I was crying in front of my, my, my TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. That's uh, cool, man. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, this, I don't know. I watch everything, basically. I, like, I yeah. watch like Nouvelle Vague movies, Movies from Andrei Tarkovsky, uh, which is like a Russian producer, mm-hmm. uh, really, really famous if you are into art. Like, and then you discover the history of framing and cinematography. Like, people who does does have a kind of limited knowledge of, of videography, they would think like, oh, Tarantino is an amazing videographer, or this kind. But I mean, if you know a little bit about cinema, you can understand like exactly where it comes from and. And then you can relate, okay, this frame is from this movie and, and everything. So it's a very, very interesting subject. It's a, it's a bit of a minefield, you know, when you, I mean, watching a movie is, I mean, it's a totally different world when you, when you start analyzing film, Yeah. you know, when you start looking at the composition, when you start looking at how each story is told, but the you coloring. Under, you understand like, what I mean by sometimes you are corrupted by your knowledge. Because sometimes uh-huh. you are totally more absorbed by the framing, and, and I think Greg and, or you, Simon, is, is you are probably like watching a movie and you're like, "Wow, that's actually a really nice grading," or "This is a mm-hmm. really nice, like the way of, of cropping the things." Like Wonka Wai, for example, in the mood for love, it's really good for that. Mm-hmm. But in the movie in the mood for love, it's the story is kind of boring, but the frame the framing is very nice. Uh-huh. So I think you have the same when you watch a movie because you have this professional knowledge, then sometimes it's kind of corrupting your own vision. So then I have uh, some, some questions for you guys. What was the, what was the really movie you really fit as the perfect framing and the perfect grading and the perfect story? Because you are, you'd never lost the interest of the story. Ooh. It's difficult, right? Yeah. That's that's almost impossible. That question. It really is. It's, it's not. It's not an easy thing for me. It was Road to Paloma because it's a beautiful framing, and I really love the story uh, because mm. it's it's kind of personal. Uh, if you watch the movie, you would probably don't really understand what why I mean by this. If you don't mm-hmm. know me, but if you want to send me a message on private, I will tell you why I really like this story, um, mm-hmm. and I find it really emotional. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's a that's a really tough question. I something, genuinely don't know. Something that stuck out to me in the last sort of four or five years would maybe be, it was a, I think it was an HBO show. It was also an Amazon Prime called Homecoming with Julia Roberts. It's the, I think it's the guy who also does 
Mr. Robot. So his framing mm-hmm. is always pretty out there and obscure. But mm-hmm. the way Homecoming was shot, and there's a few tricks throughout the whole sort of series, it just sort of struck me as being something that was different. And also the colouring is pretty nice in it as well. Yeah. yeah. So what was your favourite movies then, ever? Oh, I think Back to the Future one okay. for me is 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 top notch just because um, the framing as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, that's that's one of the things. Like the cinematography, although you know, I I appreciate those movies more for the story element yes. and the acting, uh, and maybe the fact that you know it's part of my childhood. Maybe that it has a big thing. Yes, of course. Yeah, um, but I. It's a movie that I watch quite often and see little nuanced details. And I think it's just a very, very well-made, flawed film. And I appreciate the flaws as well. I think that's also important. Yeah. For me, it's like I'm always embarrassed to say it because the one that I would normally say, it's not like a critically acclaimed good film. It's like a big blockbuster. Don't tell me Space Jam. No, 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 no. (laughs) Uh, but the reason I choose it is because oh, it's sort of similar to Simon. There's nostalgia there. And I remember playing in the garden and then my dad coming through and saying, hey, do you want to go to the cinema? And we went to cinema because it was a sort of movie that he liked and it's Gladiator. So it's like... Gladiator, yeah, yeah. It's a, just a big mm. blockbuster. It's not a critically great movie, but there's nostalgia and... Oh, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad movie. I mean, yeah, the music yeah. and and some of the framing and the grading is it's far to be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I w- I wouldn't say there's anything wrong with liking that movie, Greg. I would. I thought you were going to say Pitch Perfect or something, High School <laughs> Musical. Like, like then we would have uh, like, like the guilty you know. pleasure, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, For me, my my favorite movie is probably Domino, which is a really Domino. weird movie. Mm-hmm. If you never mm-hmm. saw it, it's from I think it's Tony Scott. I'm not sure. Mm. It's a really, really weird movie. That's probably the uh, like the only movie I like with Kira Knightley. I don't really like her. <laughs> so I, I don't. I, she she's like very, very English British actress. You know, sometimes she wants to do what she talks. I was like, no, no, stop, stop doing it. Mm. <laughs> but Domino is a really fun movie, and um, like the the framing and everything. There is a lot of crazy ideas and and the. Crazy storytelling. I, I really like this movie. And uh, Dance with the Wolf. Is that is that correct? With Kevin Costner. Yeah. yeah. Really love really love that movie. But the same. It's like bringing me a lot of lot of childhood memory. You know. Uh-huh. That's that's another thing. See now I've got my head thinking about other great films. Mm. I mean the list is no ending. You know. Yeah, so I know. Many. I know. When this episode comes out, I'll maybe put something up on Instagram and find out what other people's favorite films is because. It's interesting to hear that. But yeah. just just put it on your website, guys. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. At least I'm going to put some movies right now after finishing this conversation. It's <laughs> like what what time is it? It's it's almost twelve. So yeah, time to eat That's something. Good. Put the video projector on and mm-hmm. like the sound system, and then Very pre- nice. pretending Very to nice. work a little bit. I mean, I, I have nothing to impress. I'm only alone at home, so. Mm-hmm. No one is going to blame me if I don't work today. Ah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, so uh, another question that we love to ask our guests is who they would like us to talk to next on the podcast. 
maybe not next, but like, who, who would you like to hear from? As a photographer or videographer? I mean, I would, I would say definitely Michael Jordan, uh, but I don't think you can ask him. Or even probably <laughs> have to. He's going to ask you a lot of money. Yeah, uh, let's, let's keep it wedding now, yeah. themed. Yeah, 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 I think he's a bit uh, under the spotlights right now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's going to be very hard. I might have a huge, uh, I'm a huge fan of Michael Jordan um, for the state of mind and the competition. Uh, what did you think? But of, I don't think for a podcast it would be very easy. What did you think the document, the Netflix the show? Yeah. Uh, I find it quite interesting, but as I knew already everything about the guy and, and the story and, and what happened in, in, uh, for the last NBA title in 1998, um, for me, it's not like a big surprise. I'm not yeah. discovering anything new. There is some interesting like things. And, and I realized like when Michael Jordan is crying, I'm crying as well. Uh, because, you know, after the title, uh, when, you know, when he came back to the competition, uh, after that, when his father passed away, uh, I, I saw already the video when he's like lying on the ground and, and crying and everything, but I never had the audio. And, and when you hear this big guy, the, the guy I admire for a very long time, like since I am like 12 or 11 years old. And when you, when I hear him for the first time crying, like so heavily, I was like crying, like I was like a fountain. I was like, Psh. You know, like, <laughs> it was like <laughs> falling apart. Uh, I was like, okay, that's, but that's, that's the only moment I was actually touched by the thing. Uh, mm. Talking about Rodman or Tony Kukoc or everything. I was like, yeah, okay. I, I knew the story. So yeah. it's not like for someone who doesn't know anything about, about basketball or, you know, like this kind of thing, it's, it's actually very cool for someone who knows exactly about the story about the Bulls. It's nothing, nothing new basically. Yeah. Oh, that that would be uh, that would be for me then. I know nothing. <laughs> so l- let's talk about people you'd like to hear in the wedding world. Yes, <laughs> in, the wedding, in the wedding world. Yes, I'm sorry, guys. I well, reach out to Michael Jordan. It's fine. Let's be a bit more realistic. Yeah, you can try. Yeah. Just contact yeah. just contact it on contact him on my on my behalf. <laughs> on my behalf. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's a very good question. I, I I would love to hear more from Irina and Matei. Um, I, I really love, love them for their personality, for the energy they bring mm-hmm. and, uh, and the, the attitude and, and for just for simply the, the person they are and the art is, is actually amazing. Yeah. It's, so if you never have met them, you have to meet them guys. They, they are just amazing people. And mm-hmm. yes, that's, that's definitely something I would like to, to hear from. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, for me, it has to be a, a perfect match. Like I, I'm only following the people I really love as a person and as a, and a as artists or as photographers or videographers. Um, when I met some some people uh, which, which I really admired before, and then I met them in reality, I was like, yeah, there is something missing. And for me, it has to be to go together. I was mm-hmm. never disappointed by some some of the guys like Petar Yuritsa, Ilena yeah. and Matei. Uh, Lelia Scarfiotti. Uh, I mean, those those people are simply amazing, uh, and on a, a, like every level, they are just amazing. And you can talk to them; they are very easy going, open. So yeah, uh, probably one of those three guys would be amazing. Well, obviously, we uh, really appreciate you coming online with us. Can you tell the pleasure. people? Can you tell the people out there where they can find you? 
Everywhere. Uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, <laughs> Tumblr. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 but I'm actually, I'm working on SEO and backlink. So I'm, they can probably can find my name everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I'm most of the time on Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, so under my name, Eric René Penois. I know it sounds like a very posh, chic name. I don't thank my parents every day for this first name. Eric René is a very posh and sophisticated name. You can call me Eric, guys. Don't be worried. <laughs> Everything is fine and safe. Uh, you are family. Everything is okay with it. <laughs> um, so yeah, Eric René Penois on Instagram or Facebook if you have any questions uh, or my website, which is under the same name as well. So yeah, pretty easy. Uh, I'm always replying to everybody, no matter what. No, no matter what time you are going to write to me. Uh, it can be midnight, two in the morning. Uh, I would always try to reply as soon as possible. So if you have any questions, just reach me out. Yeah, very cool. We definitely very cool. recommend checking out Eric online and getting in touch. But yeah, thanks for spending some time with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Perspective. And if you did, hit that subscribe button so you know when the next episode goes online. Leave a review. That is a massive help in order for us to grow the podcast. But if you don't want to do that, that's absolutely fine. You can listen free anywhere you want. However, until next time, enjoy your life.